The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. Jeffrey Archer wrote a fabulous book about the rivalry between Rupert Murdoch and the guy, what was his name? He went for a long walk of a short boat. Uh, he stole pension money. Maxwell. R- Rupert Maxwell, thank you. Jeez, Colin, you get 10 points. Um, he wrote a book called The Fourth Estate. It used different names, of course, but it's absolutely clear it was Maxwell and Murdoch, and it didn't paint either individual in a particularly positive light. Um, uh, Rupert Murdoch is turning 90 this week. He's had had an astonishing career, um, which started out, I think, with an inheritance, didn't it? Exactly right, Bruce. And i got to say from the outset, uh, Rupert Murdoch would not have been somebody I would have selected to do business unusual about because I don't like this man, his politics, his business, very few things about him square with my views of it. But I cannot uh, but acknowledge that what he did, his, his ambition and his skill to get what he wanted must be admired. And as much as most of the coverage that I've tended to do with this lot around these uh, tech giant upstarts, you know, re- reconstruct the world, Steve Jobs type things, here was a man who turns 90 tomorrow who was doing that in the 50s already. He was using the techniques that have been used en masse now by tech companies because he understood their power and influence way back then. But you're right to say that it was an inheritance. Uh, he, at the time, he was 22 years old, still studying at Oxford in in the in UK, of course. Uh, being an Australian, though, his father owned a newspaper business, a couple of titles, uh, and had passed away of cancer, requiring him to to finish up his studies and return. And in doing so, I mean, at 22 years old, take over a business. It had debts, taxes, etc., and then to decide what to do. Now, for most people, I imagine, uh, and at the time. Uh, Rupert Murdoch was a socialist. His views about the world certainly would have favored one that we look after people, uh, the group is more important than the individual. And so he could have moved back to Adelaide, uh, worked on the newspaper called The Herald, and made a life for himself and his family, delivering good news to the people of that city, uh, seeing his paper grow. That's how many people probably would have been quite happy to do that. But within Three years of him taking over that newspaper, he had already decided two things. One, the growth would come from acquisitions. And two, the growth would come from understanding people's consumption habits. Using soft news rather than hard news. And I use soft news euphemistically here for what these days we simply call clickbait. He built the modern tabloid uh, and very rapidly took over Uh, the sort of uh, talking points of Australia with newspapers that were very popular and available everywhere. But the amazing ambition at the time, and this really does sort of rival the notions of somebody saying, I'm going to build a social media network that will have 2 billion users and, and encompass the entire globe. Because in 1964, he founded a daily national newspaper for Australia. It was in Canberra. It principally distributed to Sydney. But he got a print edition available in most of Australia's cities every day. Australia is a continent and in the 60s had only 11 million people. The audacity and quite honest foolhardiness (laughs) of trying to do that is astounding. Yet he did it and the newspaper is still being published daily to this day. And, And that I think sort of sets up this sort of... I don't know if it's just a a willingness, a belief, or an actual skill. And I I think there is real ability 
with this man for understanding how we work. Probably helped by the fact that at Oxford, he studied philosophy, economics, and politics. Three things he used to a great degree for the rest of his career. And if there are sort of three chapters, and really I, 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 I'm giving you the, the briefest overview uh, of this man's life, um, and the 800 companies at one point that he owned and the billions uh, that they were worth. I would almost uh, point, in fact, online, I, I will point you to uh, a documentary that was done by Bloomberg, which charts all the, all the various elements beautifully. Uh, but for something a little easier to consume, certainly, and I don't know if you've had the chance to watch it, but I'm sure you'll enjoy it if you did, was the HBO series called Succession. I haven't yet, but thank you for the reminder, um, and I will I will keep an eye out for it. What is uh, what is the, the the succession story about? Well, effectively, uh, it's it's an HBO sort of wonderfully written, uh, fast paced drama centered around a family with a patriarch, three adult children, all competing for both their father's affections and to be the heir apparent to his massive media enterprise. After watching the first episode, even if you knew just a little bit about the Murdochs and news corporations, you would know exactly what they were doing. And it's incredible the degree to which they, they, they copied elements for family members, for traits, for business types, etc. Uh, to the point where I understand, and of course this is, this is sort of reported rather than actual knowledge, that the Murdochs themselves take an interest in how each uh, season develops, uh, just to see if there <laughs> might be a thing or two they might use to their own advantage when uh, taking out another family member, or Mur Murdoch himself seeing how best to make that final decision about where this will go. But, but just to take a step back again and to say the, the, the parts that allowed his empire to come together, and again, this is the simplified version, was him taking over Australia, the bit that I've just sort of described now, the move then to the UK, and then finally coming to America, which is where he defined himself as being way too influential for the planet's good. So after having uh, seen that he pretty much wrapped up the relatively small, very powerful and very useful uh, economy that is uh, Australia. Uh, and if I have to go back to, I think it was only a week or two ago, I was telling you about how Google and Facebook have agreed with the Australian government to effectively pay for news in that country in no small part, thanks to the influence of the very large and influential news organization, Murdoch still runs there. Something that if it was anybody else, I doubt they would have managed to get that to work because he really does understand how to use not just the media, but governments to, let me not say bend to his will, to see his point of view in a way that would be mutually beneficial, principally to his businesses, but also to the politicians concerned. He really does seem to get that. And it's either a case of uh, work with me for your benefit or don't challenge me so you don't get harmed. That seems to be the sort of two options you have if you're a political person looking to take him on. And Australia is currently debating whether or not they need an inquiry into the influence and power that large news organizations in Australia have. And one of the ones specifically mentioned is the degree to which Murdoch's company can influence politicians. Uh, but now that he's got... Um, Australia more or less uh, where he wants it. He, he pops over to the UK uh, and he acquires uh, such uh, organizations as The Sun and The Times of London. Now, the, the Sun was a regular tabloid, but he understood its, its potential and its power. He doubled down on what he had done in Australia. So the page three models that The Sun had, that was thanks to him. The punny, massive tabloid size headlines that are kind of clever, very salacious, likely to get you wanting to discuss or rage about it when you're down at your local pub and, and having a pint. That was thanks to him. I'll mention one that I think still stands at his, 
a, a very, very clever headline, assuming you knew what it was about. It was a 2000 headline uh, to, to, to cover the win of Inverness Caledonian Thistle, a pretty small team, a very small team, in fact, that happened to beat Celtic at home. And their headline at the time was Super Cali, Go Ballistic, Celtic are atrocious. Which I think for anybody at the time and certainly um, students. As, as, as abhorrent as the behavior of the tabloids in the United Kingdom has been for so long, they did employ some extraordinarily talented and very clever and very capable people who were able to communicate very often complex stories and ideas in very clever and simple and clear ways the clarity of communication whether you like the communication or not of the of the tabloids particularly the sun um is nothing short of extraordinary um and so often brilliant um in its uh, in its understanding of its market I couldn't agree with you more, and, and particularly with complex stories. Now, the degree to which you simplify a complex story or simply misrepresent it is an issue they must seriously yeah. answer to. But um, there was that uh, massive issue with, with uh, uh, French farmers and subsidies in France. Oh, it was around about the sort of late, late, uh, late 90s. And the headline that, again, the same ran. Up yours, Delors. That one? Was one of them. Another one was Last Mango in Paris because oh. the blockade would effectively oh. Oh. end access to food and stuff. So, yes, how to take a big subject, a simple line, get people talking about it was superb. However, it was also in the UK where he nearly saw everything taken away from him. Uh, he had bought News of the World, one of the oldest newspapers, again, transformed into this super successful uh, tabloid. Um, and if there is a little local story that comes into it, at one point, Piers Morgan was the editor of that tabloid. And yep. he's got his own sort of final chapters playing out after the Harry and uh, uh, Meghan interview just this week. Um, but there was a phone hacking scandal in 2011. Uh, he at one point had said he knew nothing about it. Then uh, some uh, in evidence emerged that, well, actually, there was pretty well known what was going on. Uh, the, the, the payments and the, and the activities were certainly not ones that would fit with journalistic effort, eff um, uh, efforts. Uh, and in uh, July of uh, 2011, they shut the 168-year-old newspaper as a way of simply acknowledging uh, what they'd done was, was wrong. And Murdoch doesn't give many interviews, certainly not to anything outside of his own media companies, but generally keeps, you know, keeps a low media profile. But at those inquiries and at those hearings, while his son was sort of wrapping up testimony and, and explaining the position of the company, Murdoch interjected and simply gave this line. I would just like to say one sentence. Right. This is the most humble day of my life. <laughs> a good line to use, whether or not he was entirely truthful, we don't know. <laughs> Do you believe him? I don't believe him, not for a moment. Not well, for a moment. <laughs> Because he so got anyway, away he's... with it, Even although he was subjected to scrutiny, and yes, he was embarrassed, and yes, he would have felt humiliated, humbled, no, humiliated, yes. Um, he, he's, he's handing over a media empire now, which is different to the one that it was at its peak, but certainly he's not been broken, not, not one little bit. If anything, <laughs> the future is looking bright because after having moved to the US and, and taken over big media assets there, from things like the New York Post, which you say, well, that's just another sun, to things like the Wall Street Journal, which is, is very different to it. But these big acquisitions, 20th Century Fox, the founding of Fox News and Fox Sports, the sale of 20th Century Fox and some of the Fox assets to Disney for over $70 uh, billion in 2017, and using Fox 
Fox News, that is, after some overtures and discussions with Donald Trump to effectively, I think, help that man get elected and change U.S. politics for a very long time to come. Uh, and with all of that still happening, he's back in the U.K., another U.K. channel is about to start sort of following on a, a Fox-esque sort of thing that'll that'll be added with, with his guidance. Um, he has this massive war chest after that sale to see where he's going to go. The one big misstep he has had, and that was how he does new media. So newspapers he gets, TV he gets. But his biggest misstep was paying $580 million in 2005 for the hotshot, amazing MySpace, the go-to place for social media at the time, not realizing that a Harvard student just the year before had created Facebook. He finally capitulated in 2011 with that one too, selling it for $35 million. Uh, Bruce, this man is complex. He is fascinating. I think he's not a nice man if we look at his complicated le legacy, but we should learn from what he has done, how he has done it, and please can we not let somebody else replicate this playbook because it will not be good for the rest of us. Colin Cullis, business unusual this evening. Uh, the amazing performance of Rupert Murdoch.